Hello and welcome, villager. Let us continue our stories with chapter 13. Mixed emotions. Watching the souls leave across the sky, Kelly wondered what it was like going from this world to the next. The land of the dead was said to be the homeland, the birthplace of the reapers. It always felt like something called to her from the land of the dead, like some piece of her was stuck there that she didn't know about. The snap back of time was intense, she knew it would happen, but to show Michael that she wasn't the demon he feared or hated, to see the smile on his face made it worth it. Manfred's emotions and memories added to her fatigue, which had been built up over months of nightmares and sleepless winter nights. She knew if she could make it up the stairs and fly back, she'd be fine. She had to push herself a little longer. Heading up the metal stairs, her breath cut short as the burning from her chest flared up. She grasped the railing to steady herself. Michael rested a hand on her shoulder, allowing her to sense the worry he felt. You all right? I'll be okay. She played it off with a grin. How did you manage to pause time back there? Trade secret, I'm afraid. Callie continued up the stairs to the roof. She rubbed her forehead, trying to get the pressure to subside. My part is finished. Now it's up to his majesty. You seem winded. I haven't slept much. Stopping time, even for a few minutes, takes a lot of power. I thought reapers didn't need to sleep. Guess that makes me luck. The ground moved out from under her. She stumbled backwards, her breathing rushed. Michael braced her back against his chest with his arms around her, holding her up. His panic sped up the pace of his heart. Being close to his pulse kept hers going. Thump, thump, thump. The two beat in rhythm. Her breathing calmed and the world solidified. Michael's worry shone in his eyes. You're drained any time you use your powers, he realized. She hesitated. Kelly, if Baba found out, she'd never let me leave the boarding house. Kelly couldn't help but feel like a teenager trying to stay out of trouble with good reason. She turned to face him, his arms under hers to balance her. I'm not helpless, at least not usually. Why push yourself? Because it's who I am. She shrugged. I won't stop helping. I love my work, even if it can be hard at times. Spoken like a true knight. She smiled. Told you I was one, but not at a risk to your own health. He shook his head. Helping souls is what I do. Michael sighed like he wanted to argue against it, but couldn't, and then asked, How did you know all that stuff about Manfred? Is it because you're an empath? Callie shrugged. Death could see the lives of souls. He gave that gift to reapers. That's how you could see something when we kissed before? She nodded. We normally can't see the lives of protected souls like you and Gabriel. Only death has that power. But you could see mine when we kissed. It's been an odd few days. She shrugged. That's fair. But I try not to see people's stories, even on regular souls. Why? Robin and the reapers who turned used it as a way to manipulate souls. You knew them Robin and his rogues? She nodded. Guessing you heard about them? Michael nodded. Robin and his men ruined everything for the Reapers. I heard it started when Robin's wife passed on to heaven instead of staying with him in the land of the dead, but that's no excuse for what he did and the pain he and his men caused.
they didn't leave the reapers with the best reputations. She shook her head. No, they didn't. But you knew them? Back before I met Baba, the reapers helped me understand what I am, but I could tell something wasn't right. They tried to teach you how to manipulate souls. She nodded. But I wouldn't. I know what it's like to be lost, to be scared, and I wasn't going to use those same feelings to hurt innocent souls. Her hands clenched his sleeves, trembling. Hey, it's okay. I got you, he reassured her. The side of her mouth curved upwards for a moment and then flattened. I left the reapers. The next day, I found my apartment on fire. Michael's eyes widened for his eyebrows to meet in the center of his forehead, anger emanating from him. They burned your apartment down? She nodded. The next night, I found this outside the door where I was staying. She slipped her finger under the silver chain around her neck and lifted the small silver scythe pendant. I wondered if it was an anniversary present, but they didn't know I never told them. Anniversary? December the 24th, the night I found myself on Earth. May I? He glanced at the pendant. She undid the clasp and passed the necklace to him. He examined the small scythe. I think this was forged with a feather. I've been wearing an angel blade around my neck this whole time, her eyes widened. Appears so. Michael gave the pendant back to her. Callie glanced down at the necklace, then back at Michael. But the chain and scythe are silver, so they didn't come from me. Queen Alice's wings are white, which would result in silver metal. When forged it's possible, she gave the necklace to you. The idea sounded feasible, but the possibility that her mother had known where she was the whole time and left her there, forgotten and alone. Callie didn't want to consider it. She put her necklace on. She unclipped the hidden back flap of her coat. Her wings released and she dropped to her hands and knees. Michael took her arm to brace her. She pulled it free as she sat down, her wings resting on either side. I just need a minute. I could carry you, he said. It's your first time flying on Earth. Not going to happen. Besides, you'd probably spend the whole time staring at me or the stars like on the way over, and we'd end up smacking into a building. Memories. What? She cocked an eyebrow. The memories of the universe. Humans, not knowing what they are, call them stars. Michael dusted the snow off the nearby ledge and sat. They're huge balls of burning gas. He smirked. Something funny? No, not at all. It's just, as smart as you are, I find it nice that I finally get to teach you something. Warmth rushed to her face and she cleared her throat. You're saying those are really billions of people's memories floating above our heads? Callie pointed up at the sky. Yes. I highly doubt that. She shook her head and crossed her arms. Anyone ever told you you're remarkably stubborn? all the time. He chuckled. Go on, professor, teach away. Just how are all those memories freely floating above our heads? It doesn't work like that. Oh, she cocked an eyebrow. Each inhabitant, whether human or paranormal, has a star created when each soul was formed that holds his or her existence, each year building upon the last like the rings of a tree. Huh? Interesting. It is. She stood, coming closer, and sat next to him. Is protecting those memories what you and Gabriel used to do before you came to Earth? 
he shook his head. We use the stars for when a soul faces judgment, though the angels are not the sworn protectors of the stars. Who is? The honor goes to the gods of the earth. She cocked an eyebrow. They're humans blessed by the earth and the universe to hold the abilities to harness the elements, create life, and protect the realms. Sounds like I'm lacking a bit more than I thought. A person can't be expected to know everything. Not even Gabriel and I have learned all the secrets the universe has to offer. Seriously? Just means I have more to learn. He shrugged. Have you ever met any of these gods? In passing, though not personally. But we are aware of them. They've been around since the earth thawed after the Great War. She cocked an eyebrow. You're going to have to clarify what war you're talking about there, soldier. It's what we call what happened with our brother, Lucifer. Michael rubbed the back of his neck, the loss and grief radiating from him. The devil is a real guy. He nodded. It's, uh, a touchy subject. Do you mind if I ask what happened? Michael wrung his hands, anger mingling with his grief. Lucifer refused to protect a species he considered to be lesser beings. He tricked the first humans, trying to prove they weren't worthy of our protection. Then he returned to heaven with his fallen, and led them as they stormed the Grand Council. Wow, that's horrible. It was. He wiped a tear from his cheek, crossed his arms, and braced them on his lap to fend off the cold. That event was the reason I stayed away from gaining emotions, fearful that I'd turn out like my brother. What changed your mind? You? His tender gaze went to her. Me? I saw you trying to leave heaven. You had tears in your eyes. Probably not the best look. I wanted to help, but I wasn't sure how. Before I knew it, you kissed me, then shoved me to the ground. Huh? So the surprise kiss from last night was payback, she smirked. He grinned for a moment. You said I shouldn't let the fear of my brother's choices cast doubt on the vows I swore to uphold, and that to let him have such power over me was more like a square looking to please an unjust master than a captain worthy of leading. I kissed you, then called you a coward, Callie cocked an eyebrow. Yes? Michael nodded. Sounds confusing. Michael shrugged. It was the truth, and I needed to hear it. I thought every day about what you said. And the kiss, she hesitated to ask. Well, that too. He blushed. It was my first. Ever? He nodded. And last night was. My second? She couldn't help but be surprised. You haven't been with anyone else? It was because of the first kiss that I stopped hiding and got my emotions. Oh, wow. The warmth rushed to her cheeks. It must have been some kiss. I thought so. Michael blushed, smiling. Their shoulders were touching, and when they turned to each other, their lips were only a few inches apart. Michael's warmth and the tenderness in his eyes left Callie no doubt that he cared about her. And a part of her, no matter how faded the memory, cared about him. She wanted him to stay beside her, the two of them together, but then came the fear of the visions she saw the last time they kissed, and the pain behind them. From the back of her mind came a voice she didn't recognize. You're only a fantasy to him. He doesn't know the monster you really are. And to everyone else like Queen Alice, you were forgotten. 
nothing but a ghost, a dark soul left to wander, a knot hardened in her stomach. Breaking eye contact with Michael, Callie clenched her hands in her lap to hold in the despondency that grew inside her. The warmth she felt turned to a deep cold. She stood. The crunch of her boots through the snow marked her steps away from Michael. Her wings fused into a cloak, the hood hiding her misty eyes. She clenched the fabric. Callie, are you all right? Michael came around her. His warm glove caressed her cheek. She felt his certainty. His thumb wiped away her tears. What is it? I, I'm not. She wanted to take his hand, to feel him, to let him hold her, let him kiss her even if it hurt. The ugly voice reminded her, you were left on earth to wander alone forever. You're a darkened soul not worth the time of a mother you barely remember. You are nothing. Shut up, just shut up. She gripped her cloak tighter. Callie, you're shaking. He took her hand. What's wrong? The voice. What voice? Don't you hear it? He shook his head. Everything you care about will be gone, as it always has. Baba will leave. The boarding house will close. Or they'll realize you are nothing more than a monster and cast you out. Baba is my best friend. The boarding house is my home. I have everything worth fighting for. She caught her breath, trembling. What is it? Michael asked. Do you really? Michael's gloved hand lifted her chin so she could see his concerned gaze. Her mind flashed back to when he learned she was a reaper to his wide eyes, the shock in his voice, and the anger she'd sensed from him. There was a deep pain linked to his fear that she didn't want to see. The thought of what the memory might be, that it had something to do with her, terrified her. I... I can't... She gagged. We should get back. Michael worried. Like a whisper in her ear, the voice came again. You are a nightmare to him, one he hates, and now he's telling you that you made it all possible. You made it so he could hate you like they all will hate you. Callie wanted to collapse right there, but she wouldn't let her weakness show. She stepped away from Michael. Loathing the thought of his secret hatred of her, of what she was, she stepped off the ledge. The air whipped past as she gazed toward the rooftop. Michael rushed to the edge, his panic rising in waves. Her wings formed from the drape of her cloak, her hood receding, and she shot above the clouds and flew toward the city skyline. Her fist tight, she wanted to cry, to scream, to let everything inside out, but she had no energy for it. Her mind was too clouded, her heart too empty. Michael approached from behind and she flew faster. Thanks again for listening, villager. Please like, share, and subscribe. And if inclined it, leave a tip in my jar on Ko-Fi at Storyteller SJ, Heller, or on Patreon at Storyteller SJ, Heller, and the Creative Caravan to help support future chapters. I will see you for the next chapter, and farewell.